Welcome to Pivot Point. I'm Nathan. And I'm Chris. The podcast where two friends work their way through Tony Robbins' self-help book, Awaken the Giant Within, where every week we talk about how we intend to create lasting change, working our way through the book one chapter a week. We are using this journey as our pivot point to take immediate control of our mental, emotional, physical, and financial destinies. Here we go, chapter 13, the 10-day challenge. Sorry, the 10-day mental challenge. The shortest chapter in the book and where all of my notes just went through the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) You said you had a little bit of notes. Uh, I have nothing. They are a clump of wet paper right now. (laughs) So, Uh, How was your week? The one downside to paper notes. Yeah. It was good, man. I I'm I'm still riding a high from last week's chapter. I I'll be honest with you, like uh I don't know about you, but I I mean, I don't know. I I won't I can't say that I like did a bunch of things, but I definitely took like first steps on several things like Yeah. You know, we here. talked we talked on Monday, uh well, we talked Sunday about like some of the things we want to, you know, the things we want to do the next year and like Transcendental Meditation was one of them. And I think we talked, like, first thing Monday morning, I asked you for your contact. I emailed them. I haven't heard anything back, but, like, I reached out first thing in the morning. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. This weekend, I, I, you know, I hung a heater in my garage because I said I want to sell 10 pieces of furniture. And, you know, like the joke I made to you, I said, it's really hard. It'd be really hard to do if I don't start until April. Yeah, um, yeah. Cutting your goal a little harder or yeah. making it a little harder on yourself. So I installed a heater. Uh, I got half of my garage insulated over this weekend. Like, it's the most progress I've made on, on goals in a long time. So I'm, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm pretty excited. I had Alyssa do the exercise uh, from the chapter. Um, yeah. Which was really interesting. Um, what I found most interesting was in every category at least one of our goals lined up almost to a t Um, oh that's cool and if it didn't it was something that like i was gonna write down and then shied away from but she wrote down so it was it was really interesting to see that like we had you know without ever to like i didn't share it until she was done and we had very similar similar goals lined up but yeah i mean that's been really cool like yeah what about you so I same thing. It was a uh, I I'd say till about Wednesday it took for me to like kind of lull it out and stop. Uh, I don't want to say stop thinking about it all the time, but like literally it was like every hour, and it was probably because I put those goals on my desk at yeah. work, and I just stared at them, and then <laughs> it felt like really powerful to like put those on the desk and then have people that I know and respect. Uh, ask me like, really? That's what you're going to do? Absolutely. That's what I'm going to do. And I was waiting, like, you know how you like, kind of like, uh, when your kids are young and they're like running at you and you kind of like, just get ready for them to like hit you. (laughs) Yeah. I I would, you're, I was mentally doing that and, uh, ready to like fight for all seven of them. And they were just like, Oh, those are pretty bold. And then that was it. Like every single, and then, uh, my boss and and our friend they they he read them all and he's like oh huh a national level like what's that and I explained it and he's like eh. and I was like I actually it'd probably be pretty easy in our career field and what we do he's like 
yeah, it's doable. <laughs> and then that was it, you know, like, right. So it was pretty powerful. And I, there's something else I wanted to talk about that, that whole thing. But, uh, since you brought up the goals too, uh, I talked about it today with my wife and this past weekend, as you know, I did an interview with my grandfather mm-hmm. and, uh, it was that whole, uh, legacy project that, uh, you, you basically came up with the idea and then I stole it and did it this weekend. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm very close to switching my goal, but I'm only changing one word. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And that is the speak at 25 engagements. Mm-hmm. I want to interview 25 people. Hmm. Because it, that experience, not only being my grandfather and like learning more about him, but was by far more uh, impactful for me mm-hmm. personally than any, any other speaking engagement or any other opportunity I've had to talk to other people. Hmm. So I really want to, and my skills as, so I did it, let's, it took me an hour and 24 minutes ish, like give or take <laughs> to do the, uh, that's how long the video file was, but our interview really wasn't that long. Yeah. Uh, but Jen walked in about, I want to say it was like 20 or 30 minutes in. So she saw about an hour to 45 minutes of it. And afterwards, she kind of gave me a good after actions of like, hey, you didn't do this. There's, you know, I heard this. And she came in with a really awesome question at the end and asked, ended up asking him on tape. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to work on this because this is, it's a lot of fun. So that's where that came about. So, hmm. and then that, that gave me the discussion I had with her was, and I want to ask you, so your goals, we made these goals, but how, at what point, so let's say you start selling furniture and you sell two, but then somebody says, hey, that Montessori tool that you made, I want 10 of those. Do you continue to work on the uh, furniture because that was your goal? Or is your goal just kind of your means to getting movement within a direction? Hmm. It's a really good question. And I think that... I think it speaks to the idea of, I mean, pivoting is a, a really common thing among startups, right? So a business launches, I and I've, I probably, if we had this conversation any other time, I could give you 10 examples, but right, right now yeah. I don't have any um, of companies that started as one thing and, uh, and after realizing like, oh, there's a better opportunity here, pivoted their, their goals and pivoted their business. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, doing that, but you can't pivot all day. In basketball, there's a shot clock, and you can stand there and you can pivot on one foot for 24 seconds, but at the end of the 24 seconds, you have to do something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you've got a shot clock on your life, so at a certain point, you have to make a decision that you're going to stop pivoting and you're going to move forward. Yeah. Uh, you know. So I brought I, – that's a really good analogy because I'm not a huge basketball fan. I would have never thought of that, but that's a phenomenal <laughs> uh, way to put it. And it's even right on the verbiage because I brought that up to Jen. I said, hey, here's what I'm, I'm thinking in my head, but I need you to tell me if this is something where – because as you know, we, uh, we all are really good at it, but I'm probably a pretty good pro at it, is to being able to talk myself out of one thing. Mm-hmm. even though it's a good thing, I can talk myself out of it and come up with a million reasons. 
And so I said, is this what I'm doing here? Or what am I pivoting in the right? I didn't use that verb, but it's a good one. Am I moving in the right direction? She she thought it was a good direction, but normally she's right. But they, uh, <laughs> I just was curious on your thought because I, it's you don't want to pigeonhole yourself, but you also don't want to continue, like you said, continue moving that goal to go. Oh well, maybe I'll do this, or maybe I'll do this. So, well, I think that I think um, part of the decision making process should be what what was the purpose for the goal to begin with. Your your goal was to speak 25 times this year with a long-term goal. You, the end goal was to essentially make your living doing that. Yeah. Are you going to be able to make a living doing interviews? And if so, if, if not, is was that the purpose of the goal to begin with? You know, was the was the money a side effect of you wanting to do something fulfilling, which you know you you personally find speaking fulfilling, and that's, I mean, we everybody needs that. Um, I don't know. I, I think you need to figure out you root out what the what the real reason for the goal was. Was it because you think you can make a lot of money doing it, or because it was a really fulfilling thing that, as a side benefit, you can get paid for? So I I'm, I look back at my what I wrote down. And really some of them, like it was, the writing is what I chose for personal development. Mm-hmm. The speaking was the number, was the second one that I had as a one year. So I kind of added that one in there. Um, on the flip side, yeah, that was a business goal, was using the skills as a writer and speaker to monetize and build my income. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. And it, Jen and I talked about a, quite a few different ways that I could use the interviews to write more and use them as a writing method or as a project. So Oh, definitely. That's where it's kind of kind of an interesting shift uh that we came upon or that I came upon and we we discussed because it's to me it's there's other things that I could do as well, but that was it was oh man, I had so much fun. <laughs> And like I said, I've got so many notes that the next time that we have time, we, we really need to go over them because it's, it's definitely something you need to give it a try. Or, or anybody else listening, they need to do it as well. Yeah. Uh, and you don't need any. I mean, it, you saw pictures of what I had. I had uh, three cameras, three microphones, uh, a bunch of – well, I, I overdid it. I literally <laughs> could have just laid an iPhone on the table hit record and just started talking. And I think that would have sufficed um, just fine. Yeah. Instead, now I have 31 and a half gigs of <laughs> video to go through. Uh, That's not even an over exaggeration. <laughs> so. Hmm. So I guess it's time to jump into the chapter since we, we haven't really discussed it. It is a short chapter. I don't, what is this? It's like 10, yeah. 11 pages long. Yeah, it was really short. I mean, I I buzzed through it, and I don't know. I really like it. I kind of wish that this had been I, – I, I sort of understand why it's where it is because um, it leads right into part two in the book. Um, yeah. It kind of like tail ends uh, the whole first the first section. But, um, you know, when we first started this, like at first in the first couple of episodes, I said that one of my – one of the things I was going to try to do was be more positive and uh, – 
I I, re- I like the way he talks about it in this book. For those that haven't read it, um, chapter 13 is a 10-day mental challenge. And it's essentially um, adopting uh, the goal for the next 10 consecutive days to refuse to dwell on any unresourceful thoughts or feelings. Refuse to indulge in any disempowering questions or devitalizing vocabulary or metaphors. And uh, so essentially to be positive for the next 10 days. And uh, it's really hard. Like, as somebody who's been trying to do it for the last, what are we, 13 weeks now? 10 weeks? Whenever I made that goal. Um, yeah. He says uh, two minutes of continual negativity, continual focus on a negative thought is enough to reset you. And you have to start your 10-day timer over. Two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's as soon as I saw that or heard that it was, whew. and I think the reason for that, because I I really started thinking about it and how he does this challenge and how he structures it out is, it's not meant to be ten days. It's meant to be forever. Mm-hmm. And so you're it, you're always going to reset. Even the most positive people in the world, I I almost certain even the Dalai Lama is one that would be have some sort of negative thoughts for a certain period of time. And then even if it is less than two minutes and your threshold being different for who you are or what you're, you're, you've mastered, it's it's every... I mean, you're restarting it. you got to be, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I mean, you got to be. There's... He, he talks about, like, uh, if you do this for 10 days and you decide at the end of it that you want to go back to your, you know, your negative ways, and he, sa- he says, be my guest... Um, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think this is going to be very hard. Like I do want to try to do this. Um, I, I don't really know. It's hard to be conscious of it in the moment. I can tell you from, from being just overall conscious of it for the last few weeks, 10 weeks, whatever. It's very hard in that exact moment to be conscious of your negativity. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be hard. Yeah. One thing he did say uh, really early on in the chapter, and he referred to it as uh, you're interrupting. So first off, you want to decide you want to do it. Second, you got to leverage your, your on yourself. Um, third, interrupt a limiting pattern. So that's something that, I mean, all these things are stuff that we had already talked about in the past. But during the interrupting limited pattern, uh, he said the best way that I know how to do this is to simply go on a mental diet. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. The way to look at that was he's kind of doing the same thing that you do with your like actual eating diet. Mm-hmm. It's saying like, hey, do this for a short time and then realize it's good for you. And then you just make it a habit. Yeah. So it made me think about, is there other things that we could use that analogy on, that diet analogy, to try certain things? Like on our goals. Uh, and one for me is like the write the hundred thousand word book. I I didn't do any writing this week, and I and I I got an email from one of our favorite authors, John Acuff. We've talked about him a bunch, but it, he has a, a writer's list that he sends stuff out to, mm-hmm. and he mentions that the biggest distraction for writers isn't Netflix, it isn't the internet, it isn't social media. It's the fact that they're talking about writing rather than writing. <laughs> I did it for seven days. Yeah. And it's when I read that mental or I heard the mental diet, I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to consider it just like I am 
I'm working on my fitness and I'm in my health and I'm working out and I'm eating healthy, I need to do the same thing with that goal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's a great way to think about it. I mean, I, I, I like it. I like, I, I really liked this chapter. I liked a lot of the analogies in it. Um, him talking about, um, yeah, where's that? Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Um, it made me think of, uh, of Ram Das a little bit. Um, because he talks about how it's important to, to Are embrace. Are you moving away from your microphone again? I'm sorry. I'm right up against it now. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about how, uh, how it's important to embrace those negative emotions, how life is a balance. Um, you can't be 100% positive all the time, but you need to know how to deal with those negative emotions. And it reminded me of a, a story I heard Ramdas telling when he met the Maharaji. And, you know, they, they were taking a walk somewhere in the woods, and he told him that, you know, my feet hurt. And the Maharaji said, make it a wave and push it away. And it was essentially just acknowledging your pain and then setting it free. And um, I, I think that's a really good like perspective on negativity, acknowledge that it happens, understand where it came from, and then set it free, let it go. Um, it's easier. It's way easier to say that and to tell that story than it is to actually do it. Uh, but yeah. And he talks about too, um, Tony does in here, of focusing on a solution and making it, and, and another thing that he does is call some challenges or um I think it's just challenges is what he says. Like, you know, every negative thing's a challenge for the solution thing for me is where that, that I think I need to start doing. I, it's going to help me a little bit more because when you get frustrated at work about a personality or about, you know, uh, whatever it might be, there's always going to be some sort of solution. Even if it, that solution is just like you said, just letting it like, well, that's, this is how, this is the norm. So I can't keep harming or, uh, uh, sticking onto the norm and getting angry at it when it's the norm. So how do you have, this is something I was thinking about when I was reading this book, because I, I liked that passage as well, but I don't know how to, how do you have that conversation without sounding like a jerk, I guess. So somebody's coming to you and they're frustrated, they're venting about work. How do you say, okay, what's the solution? Like, how do you, in real life, how do you have that conversation? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's really dismissive. It, it sounds really dismissive to most people to hear all of their problems. And then for you to say, okay, how do we fix it? What's the solution? Because what they want is they want you to commiserate. That's what people want. They want you to get down in the muck with them, complain about whatever they're complaining about, whoever they're complaining about. And, maybe the answer is just to do it, just to say it and be dismissive. Maybe the sincerity is what matters in that situation. If you're truly sincerely want to help, it's, it's more, it's less dismissive. I, I don't know. I think it's a classic time where, because I, I know at least one or two people that are, that are able to do this 80% of the time. And it just makes them so much more like when you're talking and you're like, Oh, this guy said this and, I can't believe he's going to hire that person and blah, blah. And then they immediately are just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's his behavior, and that's how he's going to do that. 
And you're like, no, you should be angry. Like, get down with me. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, my feet are stuck in this mud. Uh, yeah. I think the it's a fake it till you make it. I think that's what it's got to be, where somebody comes to you, or if you're feeling like you need to get on a text message or or some sort of instant messaging and send somebody like, oh, can you believe this is happening? It's to stop and say, okay, what's the solution for myself? Like, what can I do? Or yeah. when they come to you and say, okay, let's let's work on this, and then talking about it. I don't know. It, it's got to be a fake it till you make it, because I naturally don't jump to that. No. I naturally jump into the, like, yeah, let's burn this place down. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my pitchfork and and torture right here. Like, yep. I leave it lit all the time. Yeah, man. Why do we like being in that place so much? It's so well, easy. It's easier. It's easier to talk man. about it that way. It's easier to say. I, I did it earlier today. It's easier to just jump into as soon as somebody says something. You're like, oh, I don't care, and then you just jump right in. <laughs> it's just so easy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. I, I guess it is. I don't know. So I really like, I want to read a passage out of the book. Uh, for those that aren't reading along, um, this is sort of long, but Let's I'll try to. Let's do it closer to your microphone. I'll try to. <laughs> 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 I'll try to read it quickly. It's, uh, he's talking about uh, life being a balance and handling negative emotions. In truth, life is a balance. If we allow ourselves to become the kind of people who refuse to see the weeds that are taking root in our gardens, our delusions will destroy us. Equally destructive, however, is what happens to those people who, out of fear, constantly imagine the garden overgrown and choked with intractable weeds. The leader's path is one of balance. He notes the weeds with a smile upon his face, knowing that the weeds' visit to the garden is all but over. Because he spotted them, he can and will immediately act to remove them. I really, really liked that whole paragraph. um, Because we all know people who... (laughs) Who just they're chicken little they believe that the entire garden is overgrown with weeds everything that happens is negative there's no positivity to be found and yeah and no one but what's interesting is you never see those people in leadership you never see those people as someone that people want to follow and so let's clarify here real quick you said you never see them in leadership you do see them in supervisor and management. You see, yep. So you're those right. are two the two different things. A manager and a leader are two different things. So yeah. I just want to clarify that because sometimes, yeah. like even for myself, I think like I see it all the time. <laughs> no, I see a manager and a supervisor doing it. But yeah. the true leaders, yeah. Yep. Most of the time, they're the ones that are. Yep. Okay. Like. Well, yeah, they see him in the in the garden, and they know like, okay, your time is up. Like you got out. You, you poked through the dirt, and now it's time to pluck you. And I, I think that's a really good way to think about your, you know, negative negativity that springs up because it's inevitable. Like, I, what, it, what I really liked how he addressed the, the, the ideas in this chapter is unlike a lot of self-help books where I've, t- I've read, he, he goes about it in a very zen kind of way, understanding yeah. that this stuff is going to happen. And yep. you just have to learn how to address it. Instead of just trying to be Mary Poppins all the time, you are, I don't know why I said Mary, that's a, anyways. Uh, you, yeah. I don't know. I, I sort of lost where I was going. Sometimes I start <laughs> sentences and I don't know where they're ending. 
and I just keep talking, hoping to find my way. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, and then I also had so he when he after he says you know do the ten day ta- challenge, um, he talks about the different obstacles, and I think that's where your your one came up, right? Where's your I can't find the quote you just read. But the second obstacle he talks about is fear. And he says, all too often the security of mediocre, mediocre present, present, wow, we we'll learned how to read here. All too often the security of a mediocre present is more comfortable than the adventure of trying to be more in the future. And so I, like I said, I did the interview this weekend with my grandfather and who's owned, uh, I, I couldn't count. I don't know how many. Like he was, he had mentioned so many businesses that he's owned. <laughs> I couldn't count them. And and in my eyes, uh, and I talked about this with Jen a little bit, is w- whatever they were and however he viewed them. Of course, I'm going to jump to the immediate positivity side and say they were all successful, right? Mm-hmm. They were because that's that's what I see. Uh, but when I started thinking about it and like what his path was and how he got to do those things and how he started there was no self-doubt and there but there also from the start or from hearing it there really wasn't that much like external um encouragement so he kind of had external um doubt as well Mm -hmm. and so how do we because i you're, you're a very similar situation how do we change going towards our goals with having the biggest like I said, I, I hung my goals up and everybody at work was like, oh, cool. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was it. So every bit of negativity or pushing me further behind my goals or, or I don't know how you say that, like stopping me from doing it is all inside. Right. So how do you beat that? That's where, like, I, it was on my notebook before it went through the washing machine. <laughs> but they, uh, it was it was something similar to, like, you know, defeating self-doubt rather than external because external like if i could beat the internal stuff Mm -hmm. the external is like man that that's nothing like i i can beat myself up easier than and and hurt more than anybody else could ever do it i think you just have to get comfortable being in this new paradigm i mean he talks about uh, like the very first page of the book he he talks about one of the biggest challenges I see in individuals and corporations is that they resist change. They justify their actions by pointing out their current behavior is what got them to the level of success they now enjoy. They get comfortable where they are because the, what they did always worked before you and I both leave, live comfortable lives because what we've done before has always worked. I think we just have to make ourselves comfortable in our new surroundings. Yeah. I so uh, actually this uh it's really funny that this happened tonight. Um my daughter came in the front door earlier this evening and left the front door cracked open. Um I came in from hanging insulation in the garage and I was walking to the dinner table and I noticed that the door was cracked open and my wife's first thought was is the cat inside? Because <laughs> we have a we have yeah. a cat. And so I grabbed her bag of food and I started shaking it cuz she normally comes running at that point. And uh, she was nowhere. So we opened the door and she's outside on the sidewalk just off the porch. And we approached the cat and she growled at us. 
she hissed at us and then she ran underneath the porch and my wife and I first thought like oh man something happened to her like she got hurt something like something's attacked her out here and uh so we tried to lure her in with with treats and snacks and we couldn't do anything eventually I just had to like jump up and down on the porch and scare her back up 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 the steps and then uh got her inside and as soon as we got her inside she was purring we petted her she was super calm and relaxed she was literally so uncomfortable in her new surroundings, in her new, like, world, that she couldn't even be approached by things that she knew were were safe to her. So, like, it's the same thing for us. You know, we're, we're in this new space now where we're talking about, oh, I want to make this amount of money. I want to sell this amount of furniture. I want to speak at this many places. I want to interview this many people. These are things that we have never done before. And we're, I don't know about you, but like, I, I, I'm trying to talk about these things as if they're happening. So like when my dad was over, helping me put the heater in, I said, I'm going to sell 10 pieces of furniture this year out of this garage. So like, I need to get it heated. And he said, Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. so like, I, I had a very similar, like just the same It'd situation. A lot easier you if did. you just looked at you and go, nah, you're, you're not that good. Yeah, right. It would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so like, but my, when he said that to me, I didn't think, oh man, my dad believes in me. I thought, oh, that's fake. He doesn't believe that I can do this. Yeah, like, yeah. Things that things that normally to me would be very comforting are now becoming difficult for me to accept. So just yeah. like the stupid cat outside, like my dad saying, oh, that's really cool that you're going to do that. I have now twisted that in my head to think like, oh, he doesn't believe me. He's just pandering. Like, <laughs> Right. I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I just I just keep moving forward, I guess. So And and I thought about a, a similar thing on Wednesday. Um like I said cuz that's about the day that it took me to kind of level out and really like stop like I mean I was like last Monday was amazing. Like, <laughs> I was so excited and and I'm still excited to this day. But it was like Wednesday was kind of like a okay, yeah, you still have to go to work every day, buddy. Like you still have to do everything yeah. you need to do like you normally did, but now there's more you need to do. And I kind of like lost sight of it on like, I say that, but there were like, I was still working out. Like I've done really well with working out this week and working towards that goal. But like, there were certain goals that I just was like, Oh, that's never going to (laughs) happen. And then when you mention it, just like you said that people are just like, Oh, that's cool. Like, what are you going to do it on? And then, like I said, with switching to interviewing, Jen was like, Oh, you know what? You, you could interview, your entire like family and write about that. Like, mm-hmm. What else could you write about? Why aren't you writing about that? Like, this is something you enjoy. So switch the speaking to interviewing and write the book about that. And I was like, Oh gosh, like, I guess if you're going to see the opportunity, like, <laughs> why am I not seeing this? Like, and I think it's just exactly that. It's what you said is it's not, it's easier to say like, Hey, I'm going to write a nonfiction book about journals. Like, right. you know, how, how vulnerable is that? Yeah. Rather than saying like, hey, I'm going to write a book about my family. It might not sell $2 worth. Right. But it doesn't matter. Yep. Like, well, you know, you'll sell 30 copies at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'll all buy one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 30. I think our Christmases are close to like 70, 80 oh, people. So. Yeah, man. That's. That's that would be like good. the highest selling book I have. If I could just write one book and sell it to each family member. 
I think uh, I'm onto something. I think she was onto something now. Yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> it, it, and I, I don't know why I keep going to it because it's just amazing to me. I, I've been able to observe it this week because I've never posted goals before. Uh, and like people were even saying like, oh, Tesla Model 3, that's cool. Those aren't that bad. You know, like as far as cost wise, right. we had talked about it and like, it's, it's just wild. It's really wild to see, like, if you ask the universe for it and you really keep putting it out there and keep working towards it, it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd like to add that that was one of the the things that my grandfather said today. Or Saturday night, we were driving home from a, from an event and he was in the driver's seat. My car's packed full and he's talking about, well, yeah, you know, if you ask the universe for it and you just keep working hard at it, it'll come to you. And I just looked in the rear <laughs> mirror and Jen was like staring at me and they're like, just, you know, like we knew exactly what I was like, yep. oh man, you know, dude's almost 80. Yeah. He gets it. Yep. So, and uh, also, uh, we haven't talked about this and, and there's really not much, there's some stuff left, but they, um, one of our listeners, cause I, we said last week, like, Hey, send us your goals or whatever. He was putting them together, and, like, he was thinking of stuff that was, like, life-changing. Yeah. And it was really cool to, to converse with him, to go back and forth as saying. And I sent you some of those, like, just snippets of what he had sent me. Yeah, man. It got me, like, super motivated. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what was, like, the booster on Tuesday was, you know, Monday was a still a high. Tuesday morning, I get texts like, hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I can't mess this up right like, now. I need, you know, it's not just me and you and our wives getting at us to, to, you know, to build up what we want to build up. It's now him. Yeah. So it's going to be super. I'm excited still. I, yeah, man, me too. I'm, I'm pushing forward. Like I'm going to make this happen. Alyssa said the other day, because of her, one of her adventure goals was, uh, was to go to Ireland and, you know, she put one year next to it. And uh, it was either today or yesterday. We were talking on the couch. She's like, yeah, when we go to Ireland next year, she said, when, not if. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know. It gave me chills. I'll be like, to be totally honest, because it was really cool because she's not reading it. I just had her do the exercises in the chapter and I don't know. It was cool. And so what did you, did you say anything to her about, um, I'm trying to think how to say it. Like, so you had sent me like that she had mentioned a goal and then you said like, Hey, I need to start getting my goals in line or like, basically you had to finish one of yours in order for hers to happen. Like you had to make some money. Oh yeah. That's like, you had to make some money in order for one of hers to happen. Yep. Does that make you, does that like propel you more in that goal? Knowing that like, Hey, there's, it's not just you that like, Oh, Hey, I get a gold star at the end of the year for achieving my goal. It's that she gets to achieve hers. Yep. Most definitely. I mean, we're a team, like, like we are in this together. That was why that was one of the big reasons I wanted her to do this because you know, I'm not, I'm not just going through this on my own. Like I want to get her stuff together and my stuff together. That's something I still, I haven't done yet. Um, I was going to try to do it this week and never got to it, but I want to get them all on a timeline so that we can look at all of them laid out and say, here's, here's what we want to accomplish. And I, I don't know. I think that would be a really powerful thing to put up in the house. And, you know, to be able to show the kids over the next five, 10 years, like, yeah, here's where we're going to be. Like, here are the things that's going to, when people come over for Christmas. Yep. 
That's exactly right. In 15 years, I'm going to be running a, a furniture business that employs five people. Like, right. There, I don't care if people ask me how. I don't know how. That's not my. That's not my problem to solve. So, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, man. I. So I'm excited. I'm, I really want to get this like interview cut up and and done right because I'm telling you, there's some stuff in there that like my my grandfather he sold something had no idea how he was going to get it <laughs> like had no and it was like big deal like i think he said it was like a half a million dollars worth of stuff yeah no idea <laughs> and it was like just stuff that you're like oh my gosh like seriously like this guy's been within arm's reach for how many years mm-hmm. and here i am reading all these damn uh <laughs> self-improvement books and right. he's got you know taking action so yeah that was pretty exciting but yeah that's being a team and doing this like as a as a married couple that's one thing that i've really enjoyed as well like i said today i told you this before we started recording but on our way home i hadn't been able to read it i was on a family like our whole family was on a christmas trip this weekend and jen actually read the chapter to me while i was driving today and so that was like really cool we got to we get to discuss stuff it wasn't just me like reading it and then bringing up points to her afterwards so yeah and you said Alyssa was not reading it either right no no she was not yeah no I I gave her the highlights when we did the exercise like you know to try to give her some context on what she was doing but yeah she's not reading it it's mostly just the the tidbits that I bring up and we talk about throughout the week so and there's so many principles in here that keep coming up in other books keep coming up in other like stories that I've read it's just kind of wild like yeah. Uh, and, and my grandpa gave a book. He recommended that he, he said it changed him. And so Jen and I were laughing that how funny would it be that if we got it and it was basically like the instant millionaire or the science, of, you know, like, <laughs> right. The, uh, she goes, it wouldn't be funny if it was the exact, like, like the alchemist. Yeah. I was, I was like, Oh yeah, that, that would be just hilarious. Jen. <laughs> like, So do you plan on doing this 10-day challenge, do you think? Like, or are you, are you just trying to get into the mindset? T- to me, I, d- I don't know if I'm going to actually label it as, like, I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to – I don't know. I don't want to say I'm not going to do it, but there's just so many other things I, I'm trying to think about, like, every minute that yeah. to add another challenge onto something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, so, like, like I said, this is something I've been trying to do. I am going yeah. to take the principles that he put here and try to like enact those. Um, like you said, he doesn't intend this for this to be a 10 day thing. Like he, this is, no. he wants this to be your mindset going forward forever. So, um, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do it. It's, it's really hard. I, like he talks about it being difficult and it is like from, <laughs> From experience, it's really hard to maintain that positivity, but I I really like his idea of focusing on solutions, because that's that's language I understand. Like yeah. solving problems is a thing that I know how to do, and so if you just assess every negative emotion as a problem, and understand that it has a solution, that that's something I can work with. So, yeah, I'll use that. And what do you think of that last section? leaders are readers leaders are readers yeah i thought of that and i thought of our goals that we set at the beginning or at the end of 2017 and and what one of them was 
yeah. and what we're doing with this podcast. And that one being, for me, it was one book a month. I think for you, it was two books a month. Yeah. And so it just kind of, I don't know. And they were meaningful books that I was reading too. Yep. I guess that's what I felt more because it was a goal and I didn't want to post a picture of a book that was just dumb. <laughs> you know, like I didn't want to like, I know there were some goofy ones in there or a half started some, but I feel like that's a pretty big one that I've established in my life already that uh, I, I need to continue that as well. It's not one of my goals for next year, but it's just one of those like it's now a pattern. Yeah. And I, he talks about how it's reading something that was nurturing, something that taught you new distinctions uh, was more important than eating. And uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, sometimes I get a little like, uh, I get into this mindset that like I read too many self-help books. But the one thing that reading a lot of self-help books, books does is that it forces you to constantly evaluate yourself, constantly assess like, you and your mindset and what you're doing and whether or not what you're doing is the right thing. Um, so I think uh, maybe self-help books all the time isn't the right answer. And I've tried to mix in some other books throughout the year. Uh, but you know, when I walk into our CEO's office, he's got a bookshelf full of books and they're 90% self-help books. Yeah. And he's somebody that I have a ton of, ton of respect for in the way that he runs a business and the way that he leads his employees so he's got to be he's, you know, leaders or readers he's got to be onto something and i think you, if you look at like there's a lot of fictional reading out there i mean it's it's billions of dollars that are being sold by it but like what's the number one like conversation that you're going to have or at least like maybe you've brought up i think uh just by seeing it and mentioning it to him that start that sparks a conversation. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it might be, you know, good to great, or it might be, you know, whatever. And they're kind of like a businessy self-help, but it's still a sparking a conversation and being able to have an educated conversation about whatever subject that is. Yep. So I, I feel the same way. I try to, I found a certain genre that I can actually plug into just anywhere in the year. And so that to me is like adventure books, whatever it might maritime style. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun, but yeah, there's the introspective part of those self-help books is what I, I think that's what I like want. I want one more thing to look at myself as. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Matt, what's his name? Maslow's pyramid of human needs or whatever. And self, what is it? Self-actualization or self-realization is the top of the pyramid. I mean, once all of your other needs are met, what else is there? You know? Right. I'm going to look it up. Maslow's hierarchy. Self-actualization. That's what it is. So. Yeah, I still need to, there's a, yeah. It's funny you bring that up because it goes psychological need or physiological needs, safety needs, belongingness and love needs. It's like those first three were like solid on. Yep. And then that second and or that last two, that last pinnacle of the mountain mm-hmm. of being esteem needs and self-actualization. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And that's, I think that's something I, I pulled out of the interview this weekend as well, was that he, his big thing was, and I, and I would have never even thought of this from him because you see somebody outside, but like, he's like, how many hundreds of people have I employed and been able to pay their bills? Yeah. Like, I never even thought of that. Like, I always thought it was like, oh yeah, you make custom machinery, whatever. 
Like, that's not what he's seeing it as. He's seeing it as like, hey, I get to employ people, they pay their bills, and they have families. Like, that's what I get to do. And uh, to me, that changes, like, how I look at a business and how I look at how starting something new is kind of like, okay, let's do what it means necessary to get that secondary goal completed. Yeah. I should say the primary goal. The secondary goal is really just the start of it. (laughs) But that's really, I mean, it's a short week this week. Yeah. I feel like we had a pretty good conversation out of nine or 10 pages of material though. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them was uh, like a boxed in, Yeah. (laughs) just something that I think he was just kind of recapping what he talked about previously or something. I don't know. No, it was just the rules of the game. So he was recapping the other eight pages of the chapter. Yeah. So we're moving into the the part two of this book. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know um, either. He mentions it a little bit, how we kind of like now we have stuff established. And part two is taking control, the master system. I flipped through the pages once I got to part two to see if there was a part three. Uh, I do notice there are a lot more diagrams in part two than there were in part one. <laughs> oh, look at that. I just like literally flipped it open and there were two on the, or one on each page. So, yeah. So looks like he's got a process that he's going to go through. Yeah. But chapter 14 is ultimate influence. Your master system. Hmm. I do have one last question or a question. Okay. It doesn't have to be the last one, but do you have a mentor yet? Um, I was going to do a follow-on, but I forgot what it was. But that's let's just go with that. No, not yet. So I think, personally, I believe that um, to call somebody a mentor, they have to see you as a mentee. So it has to, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, and I think that requires, like, an explicit conversation. And so, no, I have not. I, I have not. No. Have you found somebody to model yourself after? in an overall sense. I know we've talked about, you know, taking s- certain parts of different people, uh, but to, to full on model yourself after you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. 90% of somebody or whatever, like yeah. found that one person. Yeah. I, I've got, I have two people in my mind that I am, uh, I am attempting to cultivate better relationships with. Um, and maybe the maybe the maybe you just have to like propose it, you know, just say it outright. I don't know because I've never I've never had you know what I would call a real mentor before. Um, but I do have two people in mind that I I would be more than happy to model myself ap- after. Yeah, is that a conversation? I mean, is it like the you know like a high school like asking <laughs> out like awkwardness? Conversation, you slip a note to him. Just like a, is it like a hey, let's have a cup of coffee and yeah. and also. Like, hey, this is this is kind of my plans or what I see. Like, I'm I'm curious into that because I don't I don't have I haven't been able to find there's certain traits like we talked about before, but that I haven't been able to find that one person yet. And it's kind of it's something I think about a lot, but it's not something that I like stress over. So I I am happy that I'm not stressing over it, but it's yeah, it's still something I think about a lot. It's hanging there. Yeah. I definitely think about it and I, so, you know, I, I am, I'm not going to 
like I am actively attempting to cultivate those relationships in an attempt to, you know, make that a more formal thing. Um, yeah. But I also think that it has, you know, I think that it's important that you have a relationship with somebody before you, you know, call them a mentor because you really need to know somebody before you're going to start asking them for advice on your most personal problems. Oh yeah. I, I would completely agree with that. Yeah. That's a, Hmm. Yeah, that's. I was just curious about it because I, I know I know we talked about it at the beginning of this, of finding that person or a person to model after or, or a mentor, and it's just something that we haven't talked about since. So yeah. Hmm. Well, there's somebody out there for me. <laughs> Plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> just, oh, I'll do it. Be strong. <laughs> All right, man. That's all I got. Yeah. I guess I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Sounds good. See ya. See ya.